Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Adoptees podcast. So today we've got not one, but two guests for you, uh, a dynamic duo, uh, a dynamic duo indeed. So you're in for a treat. We have uh, the first member of the dynamic duo is uh, is Deb. And the second member of the dynamic duo, her name doesn't begin with D, but it's Kelly. And um, uh, Deb and Kelly, welcome to the show. Uh, Great to Great to see you guys, and uh, uh, really looking forward to, uh, to to chatting with you. Thank, Thank you, you Simon. Good to be here. Great. So, um, perhaps could you introduce uh, in, introduce yourself? Maybe uh, Deb first, and then and and then Kelly. That would be great. Yes, I'm Deb Evans. I'm the CEO of For Children's Sake. I've been with For Children's Sake for about. 22 years, 20 some five years, something like that. Wow. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yes. And loved every minute of it since there since the beginning. And uh, we are a therapeutic foster care agency and also community-based services agency for um, both counties. And we do respite care for the community for children that are in need. We also do therapy, um, home-based services for children that are in crisis. And uh, now we do supervision, we do um, in-home, we do supervised visitation, we do all kinds of different things in the community with kids. Fantastic. And great, great work. Really, really needed. And, uh, re- and yeah. I know that you put a lot of uh, heart and soul behind everything that you do. So uh, really looking forward to today. So uh, Kelly, could you introduce yourself, please? Sure. Um, My name is Kelly Willis, and I'm the program director for Children's Sake, and I have been there, um, it'll be 15 years in September, actually. Wow. (laughs) Deb and I have worked together for quite some time, and I've I've always thought we were a dynamic duo, so I'm glad to (laughs) hear that. I did, too. Yeah, Yeah, the original uh, dynamic duo were uh, Batman and Robin, I think. (laughs) I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about our conversation today, and um, uh, and I was thinking, yeah, there's the very you know the superpowers that you guys have are quite similar to that one. So, um, if when 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 I say this word uh, thriving adoptees or I guess thrive, thriving foster care uh, children, what comes to 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 your mind, guys? Well, for me, it's kids that are resilient and uh, are able to get through life, that they have dealt with issues, they've learned good relationships, they've learned how to become independent and, um, and also be dependent and when they need to be, and kids that are making it, that are achieving their own goals as well as societal goals and um, expectations from themselves and others. And we do do a lot of adoptions, so we understand thriving adoptees. We did 10 adoptions last year and we have more ongoing this year. So it is both foster care and adoption. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. And Kelly, does, uh, is there anything slightly different or, or you know, what's your take on, on, on thriving adoptees? And no, thriving I mean, I, I agree with everything Deb said. And, you know, I think it's really neat when we can, you know, we do a lot of training with our families to 
to get them prepared and, and how to um, be a parent to some of the kids that come in with trauma and things, but we have no control over how the kids come in. So it's really amazing to see when it works and it's like the perfect fit in terms of the family and the child. And then the child does start thriving and feel safe and can start making connections. And we get to, Deb and I get to see that quite often, which is amazing when it, when it works out other times, you know, maybe it isn't the best fit or it's just, you know, there's a home for a moment until they go someplace else. But, you know, especially with all the adoptions we've seen, we've seen this a lot, uh, you know, mm-hmm. frequently where the kids start thriving and feeling safe and comfortable, which is great to see. That's why we do it. I think for so long, that's why we've been doing it. So. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. So um, I guess uh, looking Looking at the, I just scribbled down some of the things that uh, you were saying there. Um, uh, I think maybe the, the thing that, that pops out for me it, it, in terms of the starting point is, is helping kids, uh, you know, you, uh, you said, Deb, you know, that they've dealt with, with the issues. I mean, we hear so much about, um, uh, we hear so much about trauma, not only the trauma of uh, relinquishment, like the kids have been through like trauma of relinquishment, like like I went through as a, you know somebody who's adopted at five weeks old, but obviously uh, kids who have been who are in foster care who or or have been adopted from foster care, then they have been often then they they've been through they've been neglected or they've been through trauma they've come from uh, unstable backgrounds with. Uh, perhaps where there's been alcohol or drugs, you've got um, some some kids, uh, you know, with these uh, fetal alcohol system, um, uh, sorry, f- fetal alcohol syndrome uh, disorders, FSODs. I mean, what what do you think is uh, what do you think is some of the keys to, to 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 helping kids deal with the issues? Given you know we've got a combination of forty years experience here, just just with the, um, just with for children's sake, never mind the experience that you gained before that. What, what do you think are some of the key things that uh, adoptive and foster parents listening um, could really benefit from knowing with, in terms of dealing with the issues? Do you want to? Sure. I mean, the thing, couple of things that come to mind immediately are, you know, families reaching out and getting a support system for themselves and getting the help that they need, um, because this is not easy. And I know at least for children's sake, we tell the families, yes, you have these children in your home. Yes, you're doing it 24 seven, but we are here. We are a phone call away. We can be at your house um, because it's not easy. It does take a, a team or a village to, to help some of these kids and the families. And so having families truly feel comfortable reaching out and asking for help and making that connection with who are the people that they do trust to reach out to? I think is is probably number one, and what we what we you know talk to our families about all the time. Yeah, so. yeah. Have you got anything to add, add to that, Deb? Yes, I think. Well, a lot of times, what happens is her parents have been through some training, and I know Simon, you're doing a training for us on Thrive, and it's our parents are hanging on your every word, and I know that they they. They understand trauma from what they've taught from a clinical perspective, but I also think what you're teaching them is trauma from a heart perspective and from a practical perspective, so that they're not only getting the clinical issues behind it, but they're also, which you offer as well, but they're also getting a, a practical idea 
of trauma and how they can deal with that trauma. And you've allowed our parents to tell you some of their stories. And what you, I think you've also heard in the story is nobody knows exactly what to expect when they get a child, but the fact that they are willing to do it, number one, learn, learn and will learn, number two, and they are, they step back and allow the child to be the child and allow the behaviors to come out. Because when you get a child off the street and they don't know where the parents are or whatever, the child is going to be unpredictable. So dealing with unpredictability, both the poor child has to deal with an unpredictable situation as well. And so both people are unprepared for what's about to happen. And so I think understanding that nobody's really prepared for this, and yet you're willing to step in there and hang in and through whatever the child throws at you, then I think that's what makes a difference in the kids. They can be themselves. And usually it takes 30 days for them to really start to do whatever they're going to do and a real behaviors to come out. But the parents in that 30 days have really truly learned to see the, the diamond in the rough, as you call it, yeah. as well. So somebody being able to see them for who they are instead of what the behavior is, is a huge way for them to get through what the whole issue of trauma. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, there's so much in there as I, as I uh, think of the, uh, you know, trying to tie that all in, um, I, you know, traditionally, or I would always go for the kind of the identity thing that you've just mentioned, you know, um, seeing, seeing the kids for, for who they truly are, not the behavior. Um, I think that for me is, is huge. And there's, um, and there's a, another step that on from that is if we see the kids for who they are and then we the better we can see the kids for who they are uh, beyond their behavior and the better that we can get them to see who, who they truly are for themselves. So they exactly. see this for themselves. Um, then, uh, they, that's that's the the power of the identity right the, the power exactly. of the identity uh the, the 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 diamond in the rough this identity at a at a at a deeper level so you know we're not even we're not just even talking about our name you know think of identity think of that think of our names well you know i've been david anthony flower and i'm being simon jonathan ben so I, I, which one am i i could get very confused at that level but at the deeper level um, we, to, to see that see that I'm a diamond and that we're all diamonds, and helping our kids see that is 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 yeah. is, is, is essential. Um, you know, and, and it it's really not easy to do because oftentimes by the time we get the calls for these kids, they've been in six to ten to twelve different placements, and so every time they go, you know, their their file just gets bigger and bigger with, you know, with documents and things like that, that we share with the families. So for them to be able to turn some of that off is, is quite remarkable. I don't know how they do it, but they do. And so it's, it's really a skill. Um, but to see, you know, again, to see the kids for what they are and not this big file that they come with, it's important to have some of that history, of course, but it's not who they are exactly. Yeah. yeah. I've got my file here. <laughs> I've got... I've got my adoption. We're doing this on um, Zoom, listeners. You know, I've got my I've, I've got my file here all the way through it, and I know that um, that getting that information and, uh, and 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 knowing the truth of of what's going behind it, and 
knowing that at a deeper level that, you know, that I'm not my story, I'm not my file, you know, uh, w- w- underneath all these files is a, uh, an individual that's been through some tricky stuff. I mean, as you say, um, uh, you know, they've been through it, uh, 10 or 12 placements. So I think um, that maybe I'm jumping the gun a bit with the identity, uh, the, uh, the identity piece. First, first off, it's that matter of trust. So you talked about um, you building trust, you building trust with the, uh, the adoptive and foster parents that, you, you know, that, you're, that you're supporting. And you've also talked about them, um, uh, them building trust with their, uh, with their kids, be, being there for them. So especially if some kids been through 10 or 12 placements, then um, you need, the, the, uh, establishing, establishing that trust is perhaps one of the most fundamental point, um, parts of the, of, of the journey, is it? I mean, the stability, I hear a lot about sort of like, you know, creating, um, creating that stable environment for the, for the child to come into, creating that, uh, that, that trust within, within the within yeah. home. Um, so, could you talk a little bit about about that stuff? The um, especially the 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 trust and helping kids see. I guess is it about helping the kids see that the the the, the carers, the ado- uh, the adoptive carers, or the um, or if they're adoptive parents, those getting th- those individuals as as grown-ups, we've got to see. We've got to help the kids see that we're going to be there for them no matter what. Right. And here's the thing, I think, with it too, Simon, is that we're not only watching the children learn to trust the foster parents, we're learning watching the parents learn to foster parents learn to trust themselves. Because until you've cared for a child that's been through a lot of abuse and neglect or rejection, you really don't know how it is to parent a child who's they have no idea a lot of times who they are. They don't trust anyone and rightfully so. And they don't know where their next meal is coming from or whether tomorrow's gonna be even slightly safer than today or worse. And so watching a parent also learn to trust themselves is when you somehow that happens after a month or so, you start to see parents trust themselves with this child, which then seeps through and the child begins to trust themselves to be okay and trust the parents to keep them that way. It's a it's a tri- triangular thing. It's not just one to the other. It's 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 us trusting. It's the parents trusting, and it's the child trusting. And it seems to happen kind of almost magically, yeah. and it's the most beautiful thing. And that's when we know this parent, these foster parents are going to be long term. These foster parents now can take any kind of child and get through it. Because we're seeing, they know now that they trust themselves. They see the diamond in them. They know how to transfer that diamond to the child and everybody is okay. And I think that's what I see. And is that true for you as well, Kelly? Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. And it does feel like it, like a switch goes off all of a sudden and they, and it's really great to see families go through the process and, and maybe after multiple placements where they, they, um, feel confident. And, you know, we get calls all the time with families saying, am I allowed to do this? And I'm, 
yeah, I mean, that's your home. This child is your child right now while they're with you. So absolutely be the parent to them. And, you know, once they figure that out, it, it is amazing. And as well as the kids, you know, begin to, to realize, okay, you know, maybe I'm not going someplace, you know, because they'll push buttons and try to test um, the, the families and the parents and see, you know, what, what how they react and what they're going to be like. So it's kind of nice to see the families gain that confidence and, and begin to trust themselves. Absolutely. So um, I, I think that's I think that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. I, I guess the, the key question following on from that is, you know, if you talked about it, it, some, it, it, something just clicks. I mean, is this is this um, and you talked about being it being magic? Is it I, the, the, the metaphor that came to my mind was riding a bike so that, you know, we we need to be supporting, you know, like if we're teaching a kid to ride a bike, we're going to, we're going to support them. We're going to hold the saddle and we're going to run and they'll have stabilizers on uh, and we're going to run alongside them or walk alongside them, run alongside them until um, they're, you know, they, they're managing it themselves. So, right. um, uh, and, and nobody can explain the magic, right? So in, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and everybody's trying to kind of uh, rationalize everything. Everybody's trying to rationalize anything. We're trying to break stuff down. You know, Deb, you talked about the, um, uh, the, 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 the psychological and the clinical part, part of trauma, um, but rather than the, um, uh, the, the emotional side of that. And the emotional stuff is, is kind of a little bit more opaque, isn't it? It's harder to see. Yes. And, it, and, it, and it's, harder, it's harder to see, you know, it's harder to put our finger on the magic of when everything clicks, when it when when everything right. clicks within the foster parent or within the um, uh, the ad adoptive parent, um, does that does that make any? Yes, sense? I think you're dealing with big feelings on both sides. I mean, if I'm going to be a parent, and I've got everybody watching me. I mean, these people have um, they have your adoption person, you have your child protective services person, you have your case manager, you have uh, process court-appointed special advocates, you have GALs, guardian ad litems, you can have therapists, you can have home-based workers. There's seven right there beyond the parent. And so everybody's watching what you're doing a lot of times. And so I think the feeling is, can I even get this kid on the bike? And my feelings are big because I judge myself as a parent or a foster parent or adoptive parent. And then I'm looking at the big feelings that this child is bringing. So now we're dealing, dealing with two great big feelings and they have to somehow come together and relax. And it's like when you, this is a terrible analogy. It's like when you put salt on meat. If you put salt on meat and you leave it for 30 minutes, the meat starts to tenderize, which makes no sense, but it does. And it starts to get softer. So if you want tender meat, you salt it down and you leave it for a little while and then you rub it off and you leave it alone again for a little while. And then when you cook that meat, it's perfect. And is that magic? No, it's, there's some science in there, of course. But what also is, you don't care about the science right now. What you care about is you got really nice dinner yeah. with really good meat. And that's a terrible analogy, but that's the way we look at it. We have kids that with the right parent, big feelings can be handled. And I wish, Simon, that I had, this is the scientific reasons behind this, that I could write them all down. And it would be the same for every person. 
but it isn't. So I think that's where you're teaching around Thrive and the principles behind that is connecting so well with what they, we teach them scientifically is behind behavior and, and thought. It doesn't really matter though what's behind behavior and thought if you're not able to handle those big feelings. Yeah. You've got to know the science, but you've also got to understand that it's not going to be the same every kid and every time. And you're just right. going to have to trust there's a diamond in there somewhere, as you say. Yeah. That you can get to and believe it. That's fantastic. So if there's, um, uh, yeah, so so a, a adoptive parents and, and foster parents are feeling, uh, they may be feeling under the glare of all these, of, of all these outside parties, uh, but those part those parties are there to, uh, for, in the best interest of the child and the best best interest of the of, of the kids, um, and uh, of, of the parents, you know, of the adults. So they're cheering them on. That's the the thing that came into my head is is that hopefully you know you're being cheered on and you know right. just stick stick with it and and the magic. Uh, the magic but the failure yeah. any parent that fails there's that's a horrible feeling and so you know there can be failure there too and so you walk into something like what if i fail you're getting this kid or three little kids in the home or three little kids and two big ones and saying what if i fail and that's huge feeling failure is and the child's part and the parent's part so Getting through that, I think, is one of the major issues. And that's when the magic happens, when parents start to say, I can do this, I'm doing this, it's happening, and I really care about these kids, I love these kids, and I see yes. the diamonds in them, and I'm going to get there. Yeah. And then, voila, you have a match made in heaven. Yeah. So, Deb, you spoke, uh, you, you mentioned the word resilience in your um, in your definition of uh, you know what you saw for for thriving adoptees, and I think what what um, what struck me uh, from what you've just said is that you know it's it, it's about uh, us being what we want the kids to be. So yes. you know, a um, couple of years ago, I was in a, a school and they wanted to uh, they wanted to run a program to improve the resilience of their of their kids. And so I had a meeting with the, the senior management team of this elementary school, a primary school, we would call them in the UK. And, and I was talking about resilience um, and the different metaphors that I use for you know, forgetting to, because we all, it's a bit of a buzzword at the moment, isn't it? Resilience. So, you know, it means different things. And I, and I think it's important that we get into like a shared understanding of, of what it's about. But the, um, the critical thing for me was that the, uh, the deputy principal of, uh, of, of the elementary school, he said, he, he, he realised, he saw something for himself and he saw that, and he said, well, Simon, if we want our kids to be more resilient, then uh, we have to be more resilient too. Uh, and I thought, wow, that's great. Because if I told him that, right, he would have said, no, 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 we're pretty, we're, we're resilient. We know our stuff, Simon. We just want to know the tools or the techniques to um, uh, to, to, to work, you know, to, to share with the kids, and, and and I think well, if that's a kind of, I see 
foster and adoptive parents have an incredible curiosity about everything, whether it's resilience, whether it's trauma, and they they want to know, and they also they're you know they're aware enough they they've got sufficient emotional intelligence that they know that they need to become more resilient to, to handle the stuff that they're doing and um and so maybe the resilience is maybe one of the parts of it uh, of the of, of when the magic happens is when they see that they can cope and yes. see that they can do it and they can they see it for themselves we're not telling them you know it's like um it's not an intellectual understanding it's like a, you know they get it for themselves yeah yep. it's a big thing yeah. yeah and i think it gets easier as things not easier but they they get to that point a little bit quicker as as they have more experience and can you know a little bit more um or that's from my perspective at least so yeah is, is there anything that you could share to help them along that learning curve? Because that, that's what the uh, Thriving Podcast, Thriving Adoptees Podcast is all about. It's about trying to share what experienced people have learned so that we can help the listeners up their own learning curve, realising that everybody's learning curve is different. But anything that we can do to kind of... Um, pick up on you know when we hear some insights from somebody else then that helps us along our journey and uh, you know as as caregivers as adults what what we learn directly impacts what the kids what the kids learn is there anything that you could could share on that um i think what we try to do i, I mean again going back to making sure that the families have those people that they can reach out to and i think oftentimes we are those people and so they'll call us and uh, you know have questions have concerns just want to talk about something that maybe happened the previous night and we're there to listen we're there to um give guidance depending on what we've heard a lot of it is just normal quote unquote behaviors for some of the kids that have had trauma but a lot of the families have never experienced that so sharing with them that I know this feels different or it's not, you know, what you're used to, but this is actually normal. Um, and just being that support to them. And we oftentimes link families up with other families that have been in very similar situations because then it's, you know, because our staff, we do have experience, but we have, none of us have ever had a foster child live with us. So I link them, you know, they only want to hear from us. I, I think they understand more from the families. So we try to link them up with another family that's been in very similar situations. And oftentimes that is what they need really to kind of get through it. And they can call that person for anything. Um, a lot of our families really enjoy doing that actually and being that family because we have some very experienced, very experienced mm -hmm. parents um, that know way more than I know or, you know, anybody knows that works for children's sake because we, again, we've never had a child in our home like that. So um, that's the biggest thing for us, I think, is just trying to link them up with the right people and being that support to listen and try to give guidance in that moment for them. Yeah. Th I don't know if you saw it on the last training or not, though, Simon, but um, that you did. I think you saw an aha moment there with a lot of the parents is when you were talking about the diamond and how the crust on it and how you remove those layers piece by piece. It was a really good discussion with you and some of our parents that have been here a long time. And it was almost like an aha moment for them that, you know, they could think about it really in a way that was totally feelings. 
and totally to the heart of the child that they were speaking to and that they were parenting. And then it got to them in their own way, in their heart. And I, I don't know because you were in the middle of doing it, if you could see it or not, but I could see it when I was, I don't know if you saw it too, Kelly, watching yeah. them work that through in their minds. I think they were really appreciative of saying, you know what, I am a diamond too. And I, you know, am giving that to a child. And it was, it was very much an aha moment. That's great. That that's great because I didn't see it. I'm so in, yeah. in the thing. So let 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 just for the listeners, I'm going to dive into this um, because it it, it won't, the the conversation won't make any sense without it. So um, as, essentially, you know, um, we have kids who have have kids have adopted kids or fostered kids have been through a lot of poop you know they've been through uh they, they've they've been through a lot of uh they've been through a lot of poop they've been through a lot of tough stuff and they are uh and they're, uh, they're struggling with that within uh, with the with the, the trauma and they've also got um they've got a lot of poopy feelings uh, and they've got a lot of poopy thoughts in their in their head right um, and, and this is just a, a metaphor for, for trauma, but hopefully it's a little less scary than, than, mm-hmm. than the word trauma itself, right? So uh, essentially, they, they think that they are the poop, but uh, inside this, um, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a pile of poop on the, on the sidewalk. There's a pile of, a pile of poo on the uh, uh, on the um, what's that? I've forgotten the English word for sidewalk pavement, right? Uh, but yeah. in, in in within that, and they and they show they they show pooey behaviour. Mm-hmm. But in in amongst that, underneath the behaviour, underneath the feelings, underneath the thoughts, right in the middle of that pile of poo is a diamond. And that diamond is, it's hidden by what the kids have been through. It's hidden by the, 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 the nasty stuff that they've got in their heads. And it's hidden by the nasty stuff that they've got in their hearts. However, the, the poop doesn't change the essential nature of the diamond. It only covers it up. And uh, the, the diamond is one of the toughest um, substances known to to man uh, a man or, or woman uh, or mankind womankind I'm conscious of being PC as I say this uh, it, it's it's the yeah it's the toughest zone system known on on the on, uh, in the earth right so I get rid of anything to do with gender um, and it can't be uh, it can't be scratched you can't scratch diamond um, so people talk about the 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 the, uh, the wounds that uh, adopting and foster kids have been through have got. Well, the wounds are only in the poop. They're not actually. They're not actually affect the diamond. The diamond is there all the time. Um, it, it's covered in this poop, um, it, but it's it's not it's not changed. It's not fundamentally changed by that poop, and uh, every one of those children and every 
adult in the world is that perfect diamond, despite what they've been through, despite how they feel, despite what they think, and despite despite what they do. Everybody. They've just lost sight of perfection and the brilliance that they are. And mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's not my metaphor, it's from a guy called Michael Neal, who's a mentor of mine. Uh, and uh, I just apply it because I think it's a great, um, it's a great metaphor for, uh, for all of us. And it's especially great because um, as, a, you know, as an adoptee, I know that other adoptees think, and, and kids you know, that have been through this stuff, they think that they are worthless. They think that they've been discarded. They think they've been, um, you know, left on the left on the scrap heap. They think you know, that they're, they're a they're a piece of trash. That they're a piece of piece of poop, and they're not. We just have to see them. The clearer we can see the diamond within ourselves, the more um, the better that we can get at pointing out the brilliance to the child, because nothing changes until we see something for ourselves. So when we have that aha moment, the, the, aha, moment, uh, the aha moment is an insight and the insight is see yes. the brilliance of the diamond. Exactly. And it's yes. also the brilliance of change. Mm -hmm. The brilliance of change. And I was going to say, you know, based on what the children have been through, why wouldn't they have all of that around them? You know, that they've learned to keep that there as a protection. Honestly, you know, and once I think part of the aha moment too is when they start taking that away, or we oftentimes talk about the wall, you know, they build this wall up. And once they start lowering that, our families can start getting to know them more. But in the beginning, they come in with that wall high because they, they have to. Why would they not? They don't trust anybody. I don't blame them for that. Yeah. Been through a lot. <laughs> so, yes. I, I want some, some work in a, uh, in a children's home and the little girl was about seven nine maybe and she wouldn't she wouldn't open up and the uh the the the, the house mom um was really pleased about that because this girl had, had a uh, she had a habit of being too open um, so a lot of kids that have been through trauma um, they they kind of latch on too easily, and you know mm -hmm. they, they yes. their guards are down. So we we actually mm -hmm. want the guards the guard to be up because mm -hmm. we don't want that. We don't you know we we don't want kids to trust strangers, do we? Yeah. And well, indiscriminate attachment is what they call it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a good thing. It can lead to a lot of trouble for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looking for love in all the wrong places and a lot of places you think of. Yeah. That sounds like a song. It is. So what would you say if um, uh, there's a, a foster parent or adopted parent listening that uh, feels that they're struggling and they have, things haven't yet clicked, they haven't found that magic that they haven't reached that magic place where they they see that that they see their own ability to to, to cope or maybe they're questioning their own uh, ability at this stage what 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 uh, what could you share 
with with that. Well, one of the things I would say is to be sure that you uh, either get yourself or get yourself and your child into therapy. And the only reason I say therapy is because I know a lot can be done in the home. But I also think that if you're feeling really bad about yourself and what's going on in your home, then your 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 sight is skewed. You either have blinders on or too much is coming in at once and you can't see at all. And somebody has that has a knowledge of foster care adoption, there's a lot of adoption therapists out there that can help you get through what you're going through yourself. But then also, if I take my child to a therapist and they're younger and they don't bring me in as a parent at some point with this, like for the first 10 minutes or something, my child and I, and then you take the child, that's not a good therapist as far as I'm concerned. Children and parents need to work together in therapy, at least for a few moments. Otherwise, I'm trying to treat a child out of the environment that they go right back into and in and out of and without understanding what's going on in the family. If I sit down and talk to just the mom or just the dad, I'm not getting the whole story. If I talk to just the child, I'm not getting the whole story. So making sure that whoever you're working with includes all of you because you have to work together. That just is going to be for the rest of your life. So, But if you need therapy for yourself to get through something, get it. Because it's very, very difficult to parent, especially when you're getting a five or six or seven-year-old who's had a lot of behaviors yeah. or had a lot of placements or been through a lot. You need some help. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I would suggest. Yeah. So, it, can, it can be exhausting, definitely. And, you know, we do something where we call what we call respite, where the families, um, yeah. you know, for emergencies, they can use it. Or if they just need a break where they we can put a child's from their home into another one of our homes. And it's essentially just a babysitter for the weekend or for a night. Um, and I highly recommend that. Some of our families don't use it at all because they, you know, either they don't want to, or they just want to keep the kids at their home. But, you know, I'm a mom of three and you better believe I, <laughs> I use them. And says, Hey, can I take the kids for the night? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> absolutely. Because you need that time. You need that break to kind of refresh and, and, and take some time for yourself too. When you've got kids all over the place, you don't even have a moment probably to use the bathroom without little fingers coming out of the mm-hmm. or anything like that. So they have to have that break. Yeah. And that, and a lot of them feel guilty, at least the families that we work with, they're, oh no, we want to keep them at home, but take it, enjoy it. You know, they deserve it. Yeah. So essentially the, the, the support, uh, yeah. look, at, look at the different supports available to you and uh, give yourself um, give yourself a break and I think uh, when I say give yourself a break there I mean I'm thinking specifically about what you just said um, uh, Kelly about a, 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 an actual break some time yeah. um, some, some time off and also the, the thing for me that the thing that came to my mind was giving ourselves a break in terms of uh, being hard on ourselves you know, yes. expecting it, you know, like if we're trying to will this to make, make it happen. Um, and uh, are we going to, are we going to be, are we going to be setting ourselves up for, for, for failure? Like if we're yeah. trying too hard um, and uh, maybe just give ourselves a break and realize it is the learning curve. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. You know, and we talk a lot about realistic expectations with our families and our staff, honestly, um, because we immediately have to come up with goals for treatment plans and this and that. And, you know, some of these kids, again, who have had so many placements, 
it's not going to be a quick fix. You know, there's no magic and really nothing. Um, it just takes time and patience. And so some of our families will say, you know, oh, but I, I felt like they should be further along or I should have been able to help them further along. No, I, I mean, sometimes it could take months and months, if not a year plus before there's any oh, sort yeah. of trust being built. Um, so families that just want to see, you know, because they feel that they should be able to, to quote unquote, fix the kids or help them. Um, it's, it doesn't work that way for a lot of the kids. So those realistic expectations are, you know, because they do, they want to be perfect and they want the kids to change and help them. And if they can't, they oftentimes feel like they did something wrong. And that is far from the case. Yeah. The magic isn't going to happen, is it? Um, uh, the magic's not going to be happen if we're being really tough on ourselves in right. whatever we're doing, you know? Right. And, and uh, the, the thing that pops into my head on that is, all right, well, what am I supposed to do then, you know? Um, uh, so I, I wanted to give share something that, that I find kind of useful on this stuff. When uh, So I can go to bed... Um, uh, I can go to bed worrying about a problem eventually I nod off uh, and then I can wake up with the, the solution in the Absolutely. morning and and it's just it is just comes from magic it comes from not thinking about it. not yeah. Thinking, yeah, it comes from subconscious it comes from not thinking about it so yeah but can I say that so here's the way to um, here's the way to get to the magic point stop thinking about it you know right. okay this is not an instruction this is just this is not a prescription this is this is not a prescription this is a description and perhaps yes. if we kind of give ourselves a break then we are um we're more likely to to to, to come up with that new idea about how we're gonna uh, build trust with the, uh, the child and the uh, the other thing that pops into my head is about the, I use this a while, uh, I don't know if I used it on the training, is about the hanging out at the bus stop for insights. So we don't, we haven't got, <laughs> there is, we've got to hang out at the bus stop for insights and people listening to this show are hanging around. You are in the right place to have insights because you're listening to different perspectives. Different perspectives are going to, um, uh, they're going to cause different perspectives for, for you hopefully listener that's what the aim of the show is yes but there is there is the, the metaphor uh, the metaphor fails because um every bus is on a timetable but there is no timetable for for insights and so it might take us ages um but it, it's always gonna happen in an instant you know when the bus comes around the corner that's the insight arriving uh, in 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 our head and that's when the insight arriving so that might be a new thought that, in, that, that change that's happening may be um, when things click, you know, that the, the, the thought that leads to the new way of handling the same behaviour differently. The child gets the trust, you know, the trust happens in a, in a moment and then you're, um, you're cooking on gas, as we would say. Yeah. And yeah, and one of the things too is to step back. I mean, we're not we're not human. So the one of the things we train too is just to step back and look at your own behavior. What is what is exciting you? What is making you upset here? What is getting you to react here? And just look at that for a minute. You know, get what's going on? What was happening just before that? What was your mind doing? Uh, what were you thinking about the child? What were you thinking about yourself? And also to step back from the child's behavior and pretend like 
you don't know this kid and you're not parenting them. Um, you're just looking at what, what, what's going on here? I wonder why this behavior is happening. What was happening just a moment ago? What was being said? You know, it's, it's the observer stance that can also help people get through some pretty difficult stuff. And it brings you insight into who you are and why you act the way you do. I mean, we all need to be the self-examined life. And so you're really taking care of someone else who's been through so much you have no idea about. So you have to kind of step back and look at what is going on here? What is this yeah. really stemming from? What can I do to change the way I'm reacting to it? Mm -hmm. And if you can really do that without being asked to do that, that's that's amazing because that is not yes. easy in the moment. No. You know, in, the, in, in the middle of it all. So to easy to say. pick up yes. the phone and talk to somebody and they can help you, you know, what was that like for you? What were you feeling? I mean, that's, that's helpful as well because it's hard to do just on your own, even if you know that you should. Yeah, I, I, as I say that, as I, I hear you say the, uh, those words, uh, Kelly, I see, the, I see the incredible wisdom in there. Uh, and I also see how, you know, looking back on the conversation that we've had, it's um, some of this stuff is impossible to solve in theory. You know, this, mm. is, this, is, this is stuff that, you know, we all learn on the job. We all learn this stuff on the job. Uh, and uh, so we try to keep this really specific and and focused as as a as a, as a conversation. I try to we're trying to give pointers, um, but it is all about uh, it, it is all about what occurs to us in the moment. This isn't ten steps to right. dealing with trauma. You know, like this isn't uh, a um, so yeah. This is a work of art. Uh, yeah. rather than color by numbers. Exactly. You know, and it makes me think that um, while, again, we try to link families up with other families that have been through similar situations, at times that will backfire a bit because then we'll get a call from the initial family saying, so-and-so said this worked, but it didn't for my kid. And, you know, so now what? Or I didn't do it correctly or something. And just for families to understand that it, it isn't a, a, a one one size fits all, so to speak, that, you know, it's so unique to what's going on with the child in your situation, in your home, that you may have to go through 15 different techniques or interventions or tools and to find that right one. Um, so don't be so down if you do hear other families that say, well, that worked for me. I don't know why it didn't work for you. Um, because that, that is a lot of pressure as well to have to, to that too. So and, and we're back to sticking with it. And, and that's something I want to pick up on, on there and, the, you know, the, the techniques and stuff that we, we live in this world. Um, it's a particular bugbear of mine because I've fallen for it so many times. Right. You know, I've been unsure of what to do, no matter what it is. I Google it and and then somebody, you know, says, right, do this, this and this and this. And it doesn't work. You know, it, well, it does. It, it doesn't always work. You know, um, and but we have all these people telling us, "Try my ten steps." You know, well, they say, "Try <laughs> my ten steps," do they? They say, "I was just like you uh, until I discovered X, Y, Z." And if you um, if you uh, pay me ten dollars, if you pay me a hundred dollars, pay a thousand dollars, if you simply download my video series, you will have the. <laughs> It was all, you know, and we all, we all keep on falling for it, right? You know, well, I do anyway, you know, but it's, it, 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 it doesn't work because it's not got the, every kid's different. 
um, it's not got the oomph behind it. It's not done in the same way. You know, I heard, I heard some, I heard um, a guy uh, trying to, you know, he's a great, he's a great public speaker. And I heard him trying to coach a kid and it was incredibly painful. You know, the guy was, he was coaching the kid and then he was, he was trying to put words into the mum's mouth. Exactly. Mm. You know, he was trying to break everything down like it was colour by numbers. Raising kids isn't, isn't colour by numbers. It's, it's not, no. it's not. There's some scientific stuff that you need to know, but it, it's an art and you, that you learn on the job. Yes. It's a process. Yes. Absolutely, for each child, for each individual call, child. Yeah, so, yeah a working progress, a work, a working document. It's, it's yeah, <laughs> a lot of changes. So, so once we realise that it is learning on the job, and it's not this science that that the people that see people see our insecurity and our uncertainty, don't they? And they they kind of like they they jump on that and and and, and offer all all these solutions, and and they 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 don't work so. Give yourself some slack if listen yes. if, if if you've tried 15 things and it hasn't worked you you you're gonna have to try something new um, yeah. uh, maybe trust your trust trust your gut on this uh, and not what some slightly wacko guy that talks about diamonds and poop and stuff says you know you're gonna find your own way you know you're gonna find your own way particular foster care agency yeah you gotta do you gotta do your thing you gotta do yeah. your way and, and you gotta you know, put your spin on it yeah well, thank you. Is, is, is there anything else uh, you'd yeah. like to, to, to share? Yeah. That's a good place to bring yeah. it in. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. That's great. Thank, thanks so much, Deb and Kelly, for, for thank you, Simon. with us. Thank you so uh, much. And uh, a great, great conversation. I'm looking at the time has flown, so I hope it's oh, it you, <laughs> listeners. Um, I'm going to put links to, uh, to Deb and Kelly's um, uh, organisation and the social, social media links within the show notes. So check, check them out and um, find out more about what they're doing. And, and I'm sure that they'd love to, love to hear from, from you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much, Simon. Really good to be with you. Good to be with you, with you too. Bye. Bye. See you all soon, listeners. Bye.